Good morning. It is so wonderful to be with you guys on this beautiful day. And for those online, we miss you. We're sending our love, but it is great to be here. Um, my name is Katie. That's my lovely assistant there. <laughs> I'm Paul, and uh, we've been on eldership here for, I think, about almost nine years, or I've been since we've been married. Um, and we have two little girls. I see some new faces that I don't think I've met this morning, so it's just wonderful. Um, to be with you guys. I I enjoy history a lot, um, and I think mainly it's because I really, I love people, and then I love to hear their stories, and I'm pretty curious, and that sometimes gets me in trouble, and so I usually want to know the backstory, you know, like, this is what you see, but what's the backstory? And I think that's why I like history, and this last week, um, I've been reading up a bit just about the Underground Railroad and I don't know if you guys remember learning about the Underground Railroad in school. Um, it was a human rights movement in the late 18th century that started kind of leading up to the Civil War um, when, um, before slavery was abolished in the U.S., right? There were thousands and thousands of people suffering injustice, especially in the southern states of the U.S. And during the, the Underground Railroad was this network of, as the slaves were escaping, um, different people, so abolitionists, people that were against slavery, um, and then slaves that had already escaped. It was this kind of network that helping these slaves get to the north and into Canada, actually, right? Because it, there was already laws against slavery here. So this network, it was secret. It was underground, obviously the Underground Railroad. Um, and it's, it's incredible if you read some of the stories of the people that escaped and the people that helped and the Quakers were actually really involved in that, the church, right? They were trying to get these people to freedom. And, um, you know, they had kind of code names because it was a secret thing. They, they were trying to keep people safe. Um, and they would often travel by night, and then they would hide during the day. And it was obviously great risk for those that were escaping. It was literally their lives on the line. And for those that were helping them, it was also great risk, um, and some of the kind of code words, so the hiding places were stations or depots, if you think of the railroad. Um, there were conductors on this railroad, so they were guides that would lead people to freedom. They would actually go back to the south and lead people north. And they called some of the routes that they used these freedom trails. Um, and some of the code names for Canada were heaven and the promised land. So if you have any after this beautiful week of sunshine, you live in the promised land. And aren't we blessed um, with that? And you've probably guessed what I'm going to be talking about today, but we're going to be talking a bit about freedom. And, you know, I think in the times that we live in, we can forget that high price that was paid by those that have gone before us for our freedom. And you know, it's kind of a weird time to talk about freedom. There's a lot going on. Different parts of the country are going back into lockdown. I've, during my prep, I've kind of been like, really, this, this seems kind of interesting now, but it's, it's on my heart, and I just want to remind us afresh this morning of the freedom that we live in because of the high cost that Jesus paid on the Christ, on the cross for us. Um, I've got a lot on here. Let's see if we can. <laughs> I have rocks in case it blows away. Anyway, but yes, 
the high cost that Jesus paid on the cross for us. And we just came through Easter. We've heard a lot about this, but I'm just stuck. I'm stuck on the cross this year. I don't want to move on. I want to linger at the foot of the cross a little longer because I don't think we actually ever move on from it. I think when we move on from the cross and we start living in the power of something else, we get ourselves into trouble. (laughs) We get off track. And if we truly understand the power of our freedom in Christ, I think we would live differently day to day. So let's look at Jesus. Um, If you have your Bibles, you can go to Luke 4. Um, We're going to read Luke chapter 4, and this is in verses 16 to 21. Jesus comes to Nazareth, and he goes to the synagogue. He gets up to read, and he goes to the scroll of the prophet Isaiah that was given to him. And um, he starts to read this prophetic text that speaks of when the Messiah is going to come. So he unrolls the scroll and he reads in verse 18, Luke 4, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolls up the scroll. He gives it back to the attendant. And he says, he sits down and he says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And Jesus reads this near the start of his ministry. And those couple verses are really a spoiler alert for what he's going to do in the next few years on earth. He lives this verse in every way, right? He proclaims the good news. He sets people free wherever he goes. The sick, they're healed. The blind, they receive sight. Those caught in sin are freed, are forgiven, right? The religious, those caught up in religion and rituals, they're set free. Those oppressed by demons, they are set free. This, he's the real deal. Here is the Messiah in the flesh walking out these verses. And if you think of Jesus and you just have to read the gospels to get a sense of these interactions that he has, right? He has such compassion on the people that he encounters. He wants to see them whole. He wants to see them restored and he sets them free in, in powerful ways. And this is the same God that we serve today. And you know, the time comes and Jesus goes to the cross and he willingly lays down his life, right? We just celebrated this a couple of weeks back and he pays the price for freedom once and for all the finished work so that anyone who believes in him is set free. And it's not just those that he would encounter in the flesh. Now it's anyone that would accept his sacrifice as payment, right? By faith from that time forward, anyone who would look to Jesus and accept his sacrifice is free from the penalty of death and separation from him from all eternity. That is amazing. (laughs) amazing. And I think, you know, Romans talks about this a lot. Romans chapter six to eight, it really unpacks this talking about how we've been set free from the law of sin and death, right? We could never measure up on our own. And so he made a way. And as uncomfortable as the image of slavery makes us in this day and age, 2021, the Bible uses that imagery on purpose. Because left to our own devices, we are shackled to our sinful nature, our broken selves, and we are captive. 
How many of you know that? Left to our own devices. But Jesus, right? Gracious, loving Jesus, he paid for our freedom. And that's the first, our first point blaring in the face. Christ came to set us free. And if that's unfamiliar for you today, there is true freedom, true freedom found in Jesus. And he wants to encounter you today. And I want to say, if you've heard this 50, 100 times, are we living daily in this freedom that he's purchased for us? Are we free indeed? Like the word says, because he didn't just give his life so that um, we would be delivered from death. He actually gave his life so that we would have life and life abundant, right? Like it says in John. And that's the good news to us that we're poor. Um, you know, in Galatians 4, Paul says that we're no longer slaves, but we are sons and daughters, right? We sing it often, don't we? I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Thanks. Um, and Paul writes in Galatians in this letter, it's quite a fiery letter if you, if you read it and break it down. But he's urging them and he's contending with them to stand in their freedom, to contend for their freedom and to not add to the gospel, to not add to the cross. Um, in Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, for freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit to slavery again. So we know that it's him alone that sets us free. Yeah. It's not our good efforts. It's not our self-improvement or our good intentions. It's him alone. And Paul is saying, guys, stand firm in this. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You know, other versions read, don't be burdened again with a yoke or don't be entangled again in this yoke of bondage. And if Paul takes time to encourage them to not submit to something again, it's I think because we are prone to letting things take us captive. Um, they needed to be reminded. And I think so do we not to become entangled or burdened down with these things that we were actually never meant to carry and that have been paid for on the cross. I want to read it in the New Living Translations. Verse 1, it says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. And that's the second thing I want to point out and encourage us today is that we need to stay free. We need to stand and contend for our freedom. And you might be saying, Katie, well, how do we do this, right? We couldn't set ourselves free in the first place. So how do we stay free? Well, I think a good place to start is to not add anything to the work that has been done on the cross. Um, in Galatians 5, I'm going to keep going in the New Living Translation. So he says, so make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Verse two says, listen, I, Paul, tell you, if you're counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. 
If you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ and you've fallen away from God's grace. Those are strong words. But verse five, we who live by the spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. And Paul is really saying that if we rely or submit to any rule keeping system, any religious system, that we'll get tied up again in slavery. And for the Galatians, circumcision was kind of center stage because people in their ranks were trying to say that you need Jesus and to be circumcised to be right with God. They were adding the weight and the burden of the law back in for salvation and earning it by their own efforts, right? And so you're saying law, circumcision, how is this relevant, Katie? Stay with me. Stay with me, guys, because it's a big deal because what Paul is getting at here is that as they're adding the law back in, what's happening is that they're challenging the sufficiency of Christ's work on the cross. And one of my questions, I've got lots of questions for you today, because I want us to just think about this freedom that we have is what in our lives have we let challenge the sufficiency of Christ's work on the cross? And even that, maybe it's too fancy of words. Is the work of the cross still enough? Is it still enough, not just to set you free, but to keep you free? To keep me free. I'm absolutely preaching to myself and have been very convicted going through this. Because Jesus paid a high price for freedom. And there's a freedom from religion and striving in our own efforts, right? The rituals, the hypocrisy, the trying to be good enough. We will never be good enough. If you are coming to church feeling like you're not good enough, you're not. And I'm not. None of us are. Jesus was good enough. And the work of the cross is sufficient. It's enough. We walk in freedom and right standing because of him alone. Yeah. And, you know, Paul says to the Galatians, you guys were running well. You know, what happened? Maybe we started out well and free. And as we've walked, we've just become entangled and weighed down with some of these things. Um, And I think sometimes in our heads, we can say it, you know, I have freedom in Christ. We, We can kind of understand it, but in our hearts, we still carry all this junk that we don't need. And we actually weren't meant to carry. Um, so there's a couple things I want to highlight just that I feel like God wants to highlight just that we have been set free from, you know, obviously religion and striving. We are free from that. There is freedom from sin. You know, the word says that we are dead to sin and made alive in Christ, new creations. So if you're caught in a cycle of sin and temptation, that there is freedom to the captives today. Um, Freedom from fear is another thing. And I feel like this year has been an interesting year for that. There's been so much fear spoken out over our world, over our communities. And it's like now we're living in some of the fruit of this being spoken over us. And it's not new. The media has always used this, but it certainly seems a bit amplified in the last bit. And 
maybe a year in here, you're feeling like those chains of fear are getting heavy. Because the fruit of fear, it's like this shrinking back and worry, anxiety, this distrust. And cross Christ on the cross, he pours out perfect love that casts out fear. So today there is freedom from fear so that we can live unafraid. Even if we don't know what's going to happen, that we can live full of courage and full of peace. And whatever it is, maybe it's the fear of man. Maybe it's the fear of the enemy. Maybe it's the fear of the unknown. I know for me in my life, the last season, God has been, had his finger on this thing of the fear of man. And it's almost embarrassing. Like you think I would know better, but the fear of what others would think, the the want of others approval and God is just have his finger on it. So I just want to say, you know, sometimes it's a process. It's this thing of staying free, staying free of that fear, whatever would take hold of us. We got to stay free. We need to stand free. Um, Other things is there's freedom from shame. I don't know your story, but I know that the work of the cross is still enough that you don't need to walk under a burden of shame. And there's freedom from unforgiveness. Again, I don't know your story. I don't know the hurt, but you can actually walk free from some of what's happened. You can live in forgiveness. That's the amazing thing about the supernatural power of forgiveness that flows through us as we receive that forgiveness in Christ. Another thing is freedom from sickness. I really felt God highlight this. You know, the word says that he took all of our infirmities and all of our diseases on the cross. And he paid a high price for our healing, right? By his wounds, you are healed. You have been healed. So we don't necessarily need to accept some of that in our bodies. We can stand in the finished work of the cross for healing in our lives. And there is freedom from so many things. Those are just a few that I felt were highlighted. But there's freedom from addiction. There's freedom from depression. There's freedom from comparison, right? There's so much more. And I'm really trusting that as I'm speaking, maybe that the Holy Spirit would be highlighting things in your life and my life, in our hearts, that maybe we need to get free from. Because the cross is enough to set you free from whatever it is. And the cross is enough to keep you free from whatever that is. Because we're called to travel light, to not carry these things with us. And I think our lives should be attractive because of this freedom work being done in our hearts on an ongoing basis. We need to stay free. So he set us free from all of these things. For what, right? Why why are we free from all these things? I mean, is it so that we can do what we want, say what we want, be who we want? That's kind of what society would tell us, right? Freedom to just be who you are, which is a good thing. But let's look at what the scripture says. If we keep going in Galatians 5, verses 13, says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. 
So the Bible says we're set free to serve. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it says. Uh, it's very counterculture, right? It's, it's kingdom culture. It's different. It's, we have been set free so that we can serve one another in love. We've been set free so that we can love God, so that we have access to him. We can love him. We can serve him without restraint. And then we can love and serve one another in turn. And it doesn't really appeal to the flesh. Like that's like, that's your closer, Katie, really? Like it, it's not really appealing to the flesh. But if I think about it, man, it appeals to my spirit. Um, you know, if we think of Paul, the apostle that wrote this, most of the places he went, he was persecuted, he was threatened, he was beaten. And yet he's the one that's writing of this freedom in Christ and I think it's because it doesn't, it has very little to do with external circumstances. It actually has all to do about our hearts that we are called to live free here. And, um, Tyron Daniel, who leads our apostolic team that this church partners with, he was here a couple years ago for an equip. And he just said, that's easy to remember. He said, get free, stay free and keep others free. And, you know, one of the reasons that we live free is to keep others free as well. So let's not put our weight of our convictions, our opinions on people. Let's not add to the cross in people's lives. Um, you know, how can we help others to freedom if we're still in chains ourselves? If we're not letting this freedom work of the cross being worked on us continually and staying free, right? How can we say come to freedom while we have our chains? It's an ongoing thing, but we are called to bring the presence of God and the power of God and the freedom of God with us. And Mike spoke about this last week, just the great commission. We've been commissioned to go into all the world. And we know that the, the Bard says that the harvest is ripe, right? People are searching and there is still overwhelming um, social and racial injustice happening in this world, right? It's, you can't not see it. I don't need to tell you about it. We, we see it. We hear it. Human trafficking, all of these things. And I don't know what God has called you to in this. I'm trusting that God is going to speak and that you can just use this as a diving board to dive in and apply some of this to your life and to your heart. But that picture of the Underground Railroad, you know, the more I, I thought about it, it, it's kind of a cool picture of what the kingdom is like. Um, you know, it has those code words that they used for people, the, the stations, right? The depots, the hiding places, the conductors, that they were guides on this underground railroad. And I was thinking about the conductor and I was like, are we the conductors? I said, no, the Holy spirit, he's the conductor, right? He's leading and guiding people by his kindness to repentance. He's leading people to freedom. But I think on this, this, you know, the illustration of the underground railroad, we are the agents. We are, they were the sympathizers who helped the slaves to connect to the railroad. We are these agents of freedom, helping people to find these freedom trails. We are freedom agents. <laughs> and I just love because in this, you know, in that time, Canada was known as the land of freedom, and I think there's something beautiful that God wants to restore to his church in Canada, that there is something of his freedom that he wants us to carry. 
because God paid such a high price for that freedom to see his church, us, his bride, to live free and to live empowered, to be these agents of freedom, to bring people into freedom, to bring people from darkness into light. So my friends, get free. If you don't know Jesus this morning, you can encounter him today and get free. Stay free. Let the work of the cross just Take off those things that so easily entangle us. Let's look at our hearts and stay free. And then let's use our freedom to serve one another in love, like the scripture says. And let's bring people to freedom with us. Mike, I'm going to hand it over to you. But I'm just so thankful for this work of freedom. I don't know where I would be without it. <laughs> 